0: Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Hunters Hunted to Corruption. Join us as we tell the tale of four men bonded by their fear and hatred of the hidden monsters that reside in Washington, D.C. in September of 2009. Only time will tell of Jebediah, played by Adam B., Robert, played by Adam C., Walter, played by Chris, and Dr. Turner, played by Tillman, will survive together in this story ran by Andrew. Hunters Hunted 2 is a Vampire the Masquerade 20th Anniversary Edition expansion set in the World of Darkness. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore or find us on Facebook at twin cities by night. We hope you enjoy.
1: So we pick back up in the base of operations that you all so lovingly invested into. We'll just jump right to all of you being there. You know, obviously you arrive in two separate convoys, but you're all there. You don't have very long to wait. You're, like, getting out of your vehicles when when Jebediah, like, pulls up and is getting out.
0: I, like, catatonically start just, like, making my way inside, and I just want to, like, go sit on the couch and, uh kind of living room in the bunker.
2: Jebediah is going to go out back and he's going to uh let fly with a few rounds from the shotgun into some trees out of frustration.
3: And I'm going to be uh standing outside the bunker sort of finishing a cigarette, you know, hearing the shots go off from from Jeb and just kind of uh looking out but not really alarmed, just knowing it's Jeb just blowing off steam.
4: I'm going to go inside or downstairs.
1: Into the and, base proper.
4: Yeah. And I'm going to go for the computer again and type out an email to my mentor. And basically, in our uh, pseudo scientific arcanum language, try to explain to him what um, I have witnessed uh, about Japs and Waters' behavior, how I think it's linked to the. Uh, supernatural mind-altering abilities of the vampire creature and whether he can give me any insight or point me towards research material
1: okay it'll take a moment for any kind of a response sure but uh yeah you send an email to justin harding i will tell you whenever you are responded to jebediah is is, is inside right does he go in
2: after he empties out the shotgun,
1: yeah, he'll go in. Okay. So, what's the general kind of mood you all have?
3: I'm just sitting there staring blankly at the dry erase board. Mitch is pissed. Uh, Robert is kind of just scared right now. He's kind of just like, you know, he he was very uncomfortable seeing Walter have a breakdown like that, and yeah, he he didn't like what he what he uh suggested that the the guy had asked Walter to do you know he he doesn't want to think about him maybe having to compromise anything about the case but he also doesn't want to not help Walter so he's kind of just like fuck.
1: Jibadai, you're having these like uh like flashback images you know uh, of your last like real encounter or at least the one that's most important to you with uh the undead in your mind you're just you're just seeing those those eyes and and the way he just like looked you in the eye and just like compelled you just made you do something that you didn't really want to do at all and it's just it just makes me more angry
2: yeah jeb is gonna grab a beer from the fridge pound it crush it grab another one pound it crush it grab a third one
0: look at walter What
2: the hell's wrong with
3: y'all
0: I'm just going to keep staring at the board.
3: Give us a second here, Jeb. And Robert's just kind of like uh, has his hands on his, on his waist. He's kind of staring at the ground. um, Just thinking, just trying to process.
2: Jeb will disassemble and start cleaning the shotgun. Y'all. I got a real strong feeling that what we ran into out there was one of them things that we supposed to be taking care of in a big way. What y'all think?
4: Yep, I believe you. I've taken some steps to find out, um, or maybe uh, help me find out how they messed with your brain and possibly Walter's brain on a different scale and my perception, so that I didn't see the guy and he could totally disappear on us.
2: What I mean, he—you didn't see him. He was—he was sitting right there.
4: Yeah, I couldn't see him until you walked into
0: him. Seems like these things have the fucking keen ability to make you guys not notice the obvious. Gregory, I told you out there that I'm fucking compromised and you're still in here talking about whether or not you can see them.
4: Dude, wait, wait, I'm looking wait, into it. I just wait, said
3: that. Wait, what y'all mean y'all compromised? Walter, why don't you explain to us exactly what was said, okay? Now that you've calmed down a little bit. Am I still
0: able to storyteller right now, even with like, uh, you know, that blew the blood pool point for that scene, or will will it still be hard at this point?
1: You mean willpower?
0: Willpower. I'm sorry. Jeez.
1: So, I'm still counting this as the same scene. So, okay. The way I look at it, a scene doesn't necessarily mean just like transition to transition from like place to place. Mm-hmm. This is the aftermath of the meeting. So, same scene.
0: So. I've told you about Iris. I told you about the love I have for her. I told you about how this Deshawn guy tried to use her as bait to get me to do something. We both noticed, we all noticed when I pointed out that she didn't have those tattoos that she had all over her arm. And I knew her and I knew her intimately and I would have noticed them So that. And before we left, the gift I was given from the book. You can mock me, you can laugh at me, you can do whatever. But that was a sign. And it ended up being right, by the way. Then we go there and I talk to this individual. And he wants us, wanted me to convince Robert to let the powers that be think that the murders are not at all connected. This whole time, though, I'm talking to him. I'm trying to like gauge him, see if he's one of them. And I couldn't tell. I didn't know. But I was trying to the best of my ability without letting fear consume me, try to yield information from him. You may look at me and my drug use and look how I am now. But you don't realize that at one point I used to be an expert at this when I was would get information for stories. So I started like just trying to throw little feelers out there to see if I could get any. And he was stoic and it was hard to read any kind of impression off him. But then simply I asked him about the tattoos because he told me he'd give me information on Iris if I convinced Robert to lie to the feds. And I said, oh, I agree to it, but I said, before anything, I said, what about her tattoos? Why didn't I notice them before? And he told me that she has the ability to make people not notice things, and it just all clicked from this book. And I like that I have in there, that that page it opened up said the same thing about those monsters. And then in, deep inside me, I know that somehow how I feel for her right now, the love I feel for her and the caring and the missing, the compassion I felt for this whole time might be her controlling me. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to admit this again tomorrow. And I'm trying to tell you all right now. And I told you Gregory before, and you gave me your word that if it came to where you thought that you couldn't fix me and I was compromised that you would end me. So, what are we going to do? Are we going to sit here and argue whether or not they can do? We don't know what they can do. We we find we have ideas what we do, but right now we don't know that me sitting here right now is putting your lives at risk.
2: The whole time he's making this confession, Jeb is going to be reassembling the shotgun and then start loading it.
3: Well, I'll tell you one thing. We're not going to fudge this case. We're not going to we're not going to negotiate with with them. And I hope you realize that, Walter. I'm I'm I to do them all.
0: That. I want to kill them all, including her but I don't know if I will be able to. I don't even know if I'll be able to have this thought tomorrow because I'm starting to feel weak. I feel like i just feeling beat down. Hey, Walt. Yes.
2: I- I'm going to need you to take an Ambien, something a little stronger, and wash them both down with some booze right now because you need to be out.
0: Yeah. Okay. And I get up slowly, and I just kind of go to my cigar box that's behind the TV, and I pull it out and take an Ambien, look at one grab a second one instead and throw them both in my mouth and down a beer and just lay down on the couch fall asleep. Let sleep overtake me.
1: You you, you are feeling emotional and physical, like, draining at this point. You've been taking a lot of drugs, and they have really fucked with you at this point. Uh, some of your DCs might have inflated there at some points because of how 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 you have been behaving and at this point you can just pass out immediately you were just so drained and just like your willpower your you don't have any drive you're just you're just so ready to just sleep it will be a deep and hopefully restful one gentlemen this is not good if he's
2: really compromise, then that is a big problem for us because ain't no one supposed to know where we are. And if someone knows where we are, we're we're gonna have to work on fixing that one way or another. This is unacceptable, and I am deadly serious right now.
3: No, you're you're right, Jeb. We
4: we definitely have to
3: do something to fix this,
4: Jeb. When they messed with you, you walked away from from the place you. You drove around a little bit, and then you came to your conclusions that it was all fake, right?
2: No, he told me that I needed to go away, so I went away.
4: Okay, but... And
2: I didn't realize how far away I went until I was damn near halfway home. But you did realize it. Sort of, yeah. I mean, just my mind stopped being my own, and I just did what I was told.
4: I think there's... At least like a temporary component or maybe uh maybe it's uh even like uh, a distance like at some point uh their power over you or his power over you wore off
3: yeah that's plenty interesting but the the point is they they controlled his mind i mean that's i don't really know how we can protect ourselves against something like that
1: there's a little bit I- uh, Ding as uh, Dr. Turner's phone gets a notification. I'm look looking at,
4: into that. Uh, I, I, I asked my, my guy. Uh, and, I, and I hate
1: to
2: point this out, but if he made me do that with one conversation,
1: what in the hell is going on in Walt's head? So, notification, and it's just an email response. Read mm-hmm. it whenever you want.
4: I want to read it.
1: <laughs> so, He looks down at his phone, looking at his uh, new email. It's a response, and he says, It is quite prudent to bring this up. There is a debate in a few nights in which we will be discussing something similar. I urge you to attend. He gives a location, which is uh, the Georgetown University. And you know, what hall they're meeting in, and all that kind of stuff. And a time, which is uh, 4.30 PM. And I don't, yeah, I think it's all the relevant details.
4: OK, uh, answer from the phone with I'll be there for sure. Uh, any reading material? And um, just a question mark, and that's it.
1: OK, it'll take a while. You guys are still there having your scene but he pauses. Uh, Greg takes a moment to respond to an email as you guys are talking.
4: What was that, Greg? Look, uh, the soul uh, mind-altering thing, um, this research team, they're on it. And they're having a meeting in a couple of days. I'm going to go there, and maybe I can find out some things. But I do think there are some limits, and I am not uh, convinced as of yet that this compromise that Walter is speaking of is affecting us down here.
2: Well, I mean, y'all, if, if he's all wrapped up around this woman, Iris, and, and she's some sort of vampire or reven or whatever that book said, then, I mean, what, what sweet nothings is he whispering in
3: her ears? And for how long? You think he might've mentioned anything to her about us, about, about our group? I mean, I know he's deeply infatuated with this woman, but he's he's on the he's on our our he's on our our side of this, right?
2: I sure do hope so. I think maybe we should keep him here for a few days. Maybe uh let him dry out so to speak, so we can talk to him, maybe see if he's got a clear head and can shed some light on what's been going on. Like I have us an intervention or something. I'll make some burgers
1: barring any other kind of uh things you guys want to do we will have a short time skip two days i'll give you an opportunity to kind of describe what you want to accomplish in that time and tell me uh what you're going to do and we can kind of uh go through that now and then next session we'll pick up with you guys being at that point so If you want to meet with anyone, you want to talk to people, whatever, whatever he needs to do, let's go over it now.
0: So Walter probably is going to hold himself up in his room and just like dive into his books, you know, and I would think two days would be a good amount of time to go like take some mushroom tea and just kind of like lock himself in his room. Seeing that I have a strong feeling Jebediah is not going to let him leave the bunker. So he's just going to kind of like pull himself in his room, not do any pod, not do any YouTube stuff, anything like that. Just like drink some shroom tea and just like look into his books. There's a reason why. And I kind of like was going to ask between sessions, but I might well bring it now. But I, I'm thinking about maybe having, um, having Walter spend XP on pyrokinesis or whatever. So uh, he's probably just going to like, he's just going off. He's like fucking to the point where like, like you say, so emotionally, whatever drained. He just wants to be alone with his books and just open his mind up and hopefully something will come to him in two days. If not, he's just going to be secluded and not put his friends at risk, you know? He pretty much is at—he's reached it to where he's like, they, all the cards are on the table and they'll come and get him when they need him kind of thing, you know? And he doesn't want to put them in any harm.
1: Okay, well, it doesn't, um, it doesn't give uh, guidelines on what the XP might be. It just says, like, what freebies would cost. And it doesn't, um, like, it says you can purchase new Numina with the XP. It just doesn't say how much. So considering that both a Discipline and Psychic Numina cost the same amount, 7 per dot with freebies, I'm going to make the XP cost the same. So if you want to buy Psychic Numina and you started with Psychic Numina, I will make it 5 XP per... And if you are trying to buy something that is outside of that, if it's like alchemy or true faith, we'll count it as the same way Out of Clan does, 7 XP per dot as the cost. Is it fair?
0: Perfectly. Sounds good to me, sir.
1: Okay. So, based off of everything you've gone through, yes, I will totally, totally let you have that. You want to buy that?
0: Go ahead. I definitely. Uh, I'll probably... um once this session's done because i have 12 xp right now next session i think i could be afford to buy two dots and you know what i mean by next session so we can say like that's what's going on between your next session like you said he's just losing himself right now
1: yeah yeah absolutely you are delving into deep dark occult secrets in your library researching ways that you can bring the fight back to these supernatural monsters and in doing so, you discover that, like through sheer willpower and concentration, you can control the environment around you and you can use the weapon that vampire sphere fire to burn them. It starts with simple things lighting candles. Oh, look, fireplace, it's ignited. But it won't take long before you discover how easily it is that you can burn these unholy corpses that walk among you
0: yeah and I think he's driven too by like a by like because he feels that like not that he knowingly or whatever but he feels like he's betrayed the group or whatever so he you know what I mean the drive to like add more to where he can add to the fight more and yeah that that's kind of like his rationale behind that you know
1: awesome awesome so what is Robert doing in this time
3: um So within the next couple of days, uh, Robert is kind of, well, for one thing, he's gonna, he's gonna try to do a little bit of, uh, legwork on, on looking up who Alexa, Alexi is. Um, also I was thinking he would kind of just be trying to like build some, some social relationships that he has around the, around the office to kind of maybe increase his chances to, um, acquire more requisitions in the future. Um, you know, just kind of kind of kissing ass where he needs to, offering small favors to the people that will be able to get him what he wants. Um, he probably would have also spent some time practicing in the range, possibly, um, just trying to let off steam, also trying to, I don't know, sort of, like, better himself a little bit, still greatly embarrassed by the freakout that he had. Um you know a, not too long ago so he's kind of you know he, he he's trying to to prepare himself for for what he feels like is is you know something very serious that's coming um, okay
1: i think that a charisma leadership role um it would be a good representation of you trying to build that kind of relationship with everyone else and the um like oh yeah you know i'm I'm not going to run at the first sign of battle. I'm also, like, I'm really great at this, and I can totally like connect with all you, and we can train, and whatever. It's a good role to represent that, I think.
3: And uh, what difficulty?
1: Um, Six. All right. Three. OK. That's really good. So you are very successful in what you are trying to accomplish. How would you, how do you envision this?
3: how do I, for like which part for like um practicing in the range or for me just like trying to um improve my social relationships in the office
1: your social relationships okay
3: so i think um for one thing he's he's kind of like just started to do small things like bring in coffee and donuts and just try to be that guy in the office that um you know it's just like just that that guy who just um is super friendly, you know, remembers everybody's order and stuff like that. And he'll just kind of start asking if he can do small favors for people, uh, you know, and just like whatever, whatever sort of like help he can, he can give to other agents, just small favors, nothing like incredible. Um, Also because he doesn't want to put too much work into the actual case without, um, without involving the others at this point, you know? So okay. he's kind of like distracting himself with other people's work in a way and just sort of kind kind of trying to, um, to just like weasel his way into like different, like social maneuver himself into like a, a like a friendship, um, position with different people, you know?
1: I would say that after some time, uh, on like maybe the second day, uh, you're, you're, you brought in donuts and like, you'd be approached by Maureen. you remember Maureen?
3: Um, I think so. She was the one that gave me the ballistics report, right?
1: Yeah, Maureen is the... Uh, she's the black woman with the long hair, and she usually wears, like, uh, business attire, button-ups, you know, but uh, also kind of undone at the top, showing off her appearance and her goods, and has n- no issues with just kind of being very casual. And one of the guys kind of attitude, you know? So whenever you um, are coming in one day, you bring in donuts, she just kind of smiles at you and is just really friendly and jovial. And just, you know, I am appreciative of how much you've been doing lately. But at the same time, I got to say, is there something going on? Is there trouble at home?
4: Just
3: the opposite, Maureen, you know? I... Feel better than I have in years. Uh, Maria's got me on this new diet. You know, I've been I've been going out for walks more. I've been going to the gym. You know, things have actually been going really well for me.
1: That's good. Good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. I just I worry about you sometimes.
3: Hey, well, thanks. You know, I I appreciate you looking out for me. You're a you're a good friend. And he'll kind of uh, give her like a shoulder nudge.
1: Oh well, how's your case going?
3: uh you know it's uh it's going pretty slow at the moment. I have no real solid leads, but
1: really you know, I mean i I told you about that uh witness and well, you was... know
3: but besides that, besides that, I mean I did get some information from him uh you you
1: did that's good because you know I heard about what happened uh I'm sorry, you don't know.
3: I haven't really kept tabs on him since our initial conversation why would what happened?
1: he's dead
3: like from his injuries or
1: she kind of looks around and looks back at you
3: and he just realizes, and he's just like, wow. uh, That's very surprising. Maureen Um, certainly gives me a lot to think about. And Robert is just like, what the fuck, really? This is how I'm going to find out about this.
1: Okay. So how do you like exit from this conversation?
3: (laughs) It's like a, uh, it's it's like very embarrassing for him because she's just like he's just kind of saying how like he hasn't had any uh, major breakthroughs and she's just like yeah that sucks what what happened to uh to your like you know
1: your only your witness only yeah. lead.
3: and I'm just like whoa, well, what are you talking about and I'm just like Maureen um excuse me for a second and I'll will just you know he's gonna hurry, hurriedly just just leave. And just um, he's going to be on his phone and on the computer at the same time, just like, first of all, looking into, you know, like what happened to Deshaun and also just trying to, like, call the group. And he's just like, fuck, 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 fuck.
1: So it won't take you long to discover that uh, one, the the detective who you had spoken to before, Ashley Bishop, she is she has tried to contact you a couple of times and you just kind of blew up her calls.
3: It's fucking bad police work, Robert. God damn yeah.
1: it. Yeah, yeah. She just she tried to call you a couple of times. You definitely see that you you ignored these calls specifically. Ah, fuck that bitch, and just didn't answer. It was at bad times anyway. Whatever. But then at the same time, you look into it, and there are news reports that somebody was murdered in a hospital. In a hospital, and. And you just have this, like, crushing feeling come over you of, like, oh, shit, I fucked up.
3: Yeah, that's exactly what Robert is thinking. He's just like, son of a bitch. Like, how did I let this get away from me so far? Like, because in his head, he was he was pursuing this. He was working on this. But he just let something so, you know, like, so silly just get past him. And now, like, one of his only leads is dead, murdered in the hospital that he spoke to him at and just a part of him is just like i absolutely could have prevented that if i was more present i absolutely could have at the very least known about that you know and he's just yeah. like he's just beating himself up just what the fuck robert just all
1: right i want you to roll conscience for me uh we're gonna say this is a difficulty of six Three. okay so you were overwhelmed with uh guilt and just like you feel you feel personally responsible for this like you feel like i could have done something about this and i didn't you feel like you f- you failed
3: yeah that's absolutely 100% accurate like he he feels like it's because of him that Deshaun is dead and even though this guy was a total scumbag he he never intended for him to come to any harm you know like yeah
1: and and if you had you had failed, you would have lost humanity. So good on you. So with that in mind, what is Dr. Turner, or Dr. Greg Turner, doing in these couple of days?
4: He's going to go home at least once and like, get some clothing, get his laptop, and so on. I think okay. he's going to still spend most of the time with the guys because, well, he doesn't want to stay home alone and... Mm, he just checks up on things and also, uh, does he get a reading list from his mentor?
1: Um, yeah, he, he would get something back with, like, I it's not something I thought of before, so we'll just say you do get, yeah, he get started, a thing he's going it. through
4: that, um,
1: yeah, like a list of uh material that you can research before going to this uh, supposed uh what he described as an open forum debate
4: oh, okay well then i'm going to take uh notes like based on the experiences with jeb and uh walter and my own with not seeing the sky and how it relates to the things that my mentor gave me to read like so i have the um
1: i would also say that um the occult library that is in the base Is something you can access because while someone else invested in that, you know, it's there, Mm -hmm. it's available. And it's a thing you can use to kind of, some of the things he talks about in his thing, in his email, are there available for you.
4: Okay. So I'm researching, taking notes and basically just preparing for the meeting.
1: Okay. Anything else?
4: I don't think so.
1: All right. Jebediah, tell me about the next like two days for you. Howdy, y'all. All right.
2: The next couple of days for Jeb, he's pissed. First, his first priority is to go out into the woods around the bunker and double check all of the security measures. Make sure nothing's been compromised. Make sure that all of the little traps and other things are still in place. He's also going to work on moving more quietly while he's out in the woods. You know, he'll try sneaking up on critters, getting as close as he can before, uh, maybe he'll take a shot at them with a bow and arrow or something, see if he can add to the Critter Burger Reserve. But his big priority is going to be checking
1: all of the security. All right. So how about you roll a perception and alertness roll for me? All right. And we'll call it a seven. All right. You might know this is a place you're intimately familiar with. It's a place that you design most of it, and uh, I think that's worth something. So give it a five instead. All right. Uh, f- wow, four successes. So going over all the various like uh, security systems you have in place, and there's quite a numerous number of them, Some many of them specifically designed around interacting with the undead because of because of the nature of your foes and how much you guys invested into this, you find that none of them have been triggered. None of them are you know, in need of any immediate maintenance, and everything looks primed and ready to go.
2: Excellent. Um, when he's not out scouring the land, he will be in the bunker, and he will be checking in on Walter, uh, bringing him food making sure he's got very little access to his drugs. When Walter's asleep, he'll go into his room and he'll scrounge up all of the drugs he can find and lock them away. He will you know, happily provide him with booze, though, because alcohol's not a drug. <laughs> it's a right. It's a God-given right. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, that'll be pretty much what he spends his time doing.
1: All right. I think that covers our two days of time and as before we'll end off with a quick uh, kind of uh, description of what you guys enjoyed about someone else's role playing through the session. We'll start with uh, we'll start with Chris.
0: I I, I for one loved Robert's like (laughs) talk in the car on the way to the Lincoln Memorial where he's all like trying to lecture me and then he like takes a fifth out of his glove compartment and like drinks it and throws it out the window while i'm drinking cocaine coffee but i really like the character robert because i like it's like so the 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 cadence and then like the, the voice and you know what i mean and like the the just the it's not like an accent but just the way he speaks and his his verbiage he uses like all right buddy you know what I mean? and shit like that just like really like i picture like this overweight like like an fbi agent like a john candy or something like that or you know what i mean and you know, i just can't stop laughing i'm gonna stop i'm not gonna laugh this time but it's so funny hearing hearing adam sound like that you know so i really i really dig it dude but yeah it's it's serious but comedic at the same time which is weird because you really feel for this guy because like he's really trying to fit in and he just sucks at his job and he like you know what i mean but he's like a good dude you know so it's like He's a good moral compass, I guess, for the group, I would say. And he's empathetic, too. Nice. So, Tillman,
1: what did you like someone else did roleplay wise?
4: Uh, I liked uh, Walter's breakdown, (laughs) Um, especially like the scene um, where he was just uh, freaking out, like, you have to stop the car. (laughs) And then we sat on the sidewalk for a little and. He was just freaking out, and uh, neither Robert and her or Greg knew what to do. <laughs> I think that's pretty much a typical scene for for these uh, three or four people.
0: I liked it when Robert looked at him like what
4: the fuck? over the shoulder when they
0: said
3: on the side of the road.
0: <laughs> All right, so
1: one of the Adams, either one of you.
3: Okay, um, I really liked uh, when Jeb kind of snapped out of the the i want to say like domination kind of thing that happened to him and he just like just just flips the car like you know turns the car around and just heads right back like shotgun in hand like ready to just completely ready to rock that was like pretty awesome <laughs> i think it really fit the character well
1: ready to shoot Theobel in the face
2: <laughs>
3: yes
1: <laughs> and what about you
2: I, I gotta say, I really liked Chris's breakdown for Walt.
1: That was really well done. Okay. Well, I'm gonna give you guys two willpower this time because I felt that the way you guys roleplayed your nature and demeanor um, really fit in to the characters, especially well this session, more than most of the others. You guys were, you really sold me on it this time. I, I, bravo to all of you excellent role playing and put another five xp on your sheet
0: props to uh to dr gregory that talk at the beginning where he's like my associates and all this shit I was like fuck dude like this guy does not fucking around he's so like analytical i always want to say i have a peculiar skill set you know what i mean i was like got some liam neeson fucking vibes from that shit man i was like oh fuck dude he's doing the talking for the gang dude from now on dude
4: I'm still surprised I didn't have to roll for that, actually.
0: (laughs) Nah, no need to roll
1: that. Only when dramatically appropriate.
4: Okay, okay.
1: So, that concludes this session.
5: Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called Weight Wolf RPGs, Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High-level game the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games, with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin at HighLevelGames.ca. Please, help, they're coming. The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. central district is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? masquerade the demon's mirror 13 candles three chronicles running through the undead veins of the city of angels the esoteric order of role players actual play podcast invites you to drink deeply go to EORPodcast.com and search the duets tag to find out more